Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. I hope you know that you can also get us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And of course, too, you can take your computer or your mobile device over to supertalktv.com where you can watch good things as well. And you might as well take your browser over there because you're going to see some beautiful photos that was given to us by our guest today, Ms. Valerie Cox. She is of Olive Branch, Mississippi, and she was chosen to help decorate the White House for Christmas. Pretty cool. Hey, Valerie. Hi, Rebecca. I am so excited to get to talk to you, which I know you're excited to now get to talk about it, because how long ago did you go to help decorate? I went the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and we started the decorating process on the Monday before Thanksgiving. So that's pretty cool. So even the White House kind of gets in on it a little bit early. But in fairness, they probably have a lot of decorations to put up, and it stays around for a really long time. So how did this opportunity come to you, Valerie? How did you find yourself there in Washington bringing, or bringing Mississippi decorations to Washington? I had actually attended a wedding with my parents, and my mom and I met the venue owner who had been a decorator in the past. And he was telling me about it, and it sounded like such a neat opportunity to get to see the White House in a very up-close position. And I love the history of Washington, you know, the American, the country of America, Christmas, volunteering. So it's just a great way to get to combine all of my passions. I applied in October. I had written several letters and sent a few emails throughout the year and so I'm not exactly sure which one did the trick it was the application or the letters but I found out the first week in November that I had been selected to be a White House volunteer. Well they don't give you very much time to sort of get your ducks in a row to be able to make the trip but but such is life so I'm sure that was an exciting moment. Yes it was very surreal Um, you know we ended up going to Chick-fil-A to get milkshakes to celebrate that night it was a very fun experience. (laughs) Oh I love that. Okay how many people in total get to volunteer? How many from all over the U.S. get to come to Washington to help transform the White House? There were 150 volunteers total and there was at least one from every state. Are you were you the only one from Mississippi Valerie? That I know of, I was the only one. I did meet another girl from Tennessee, and I met two from Alabama. I met another lady who grew up in Mississippi but had since moved to Virginia, where she lives now. That was fun to get to um, meet her, and we had, you know, several connections and, you know, different experiences growing up. 
that was fun to reminisce with her about Mississippi. Of course, you'll probably have somebody, you're probably somehow related, distance cousins or something. What area <laughs> of Mississippi did she live in? She was from the Gulf Coast. Okay, well, we pretty much have the two, you know, um, polars of Mississippi represented, the Gulf Coast, and then you you from Olive Branch. I think that's pretty cool. Next year, someone centrally needs to, to go with you, although it feels like the same people don't necessarily get um, asked back. So once you got there, walk us through it, Valerie. What was it like? Were you given certain directions on which room or trees or kind of how did they have it organized? Yes, it was a very organized process. We spent the first two days at an off-site facility doing a lot of the crafts. We were divided into teams beforehand. We did not choose our teams, but I do think I'm a little partial, but I think I had the best team. Um, and each team was responsible for a set of rooms. Our team was on the ground floor, and we did the diplomatic reception room, the library, the vermeil room, and the china room. So at the off-site facility, we started a lot of the crafts that would have been a little too messy to do in the historic home and um, kind of pulling things that we were reusing from years past. I did not know that, but they actually are able to use a lot of the ribbons and ornaments and things like that from year to year. And so it was really cool to get to see, you know, that we were able to use um Christian decorations that, you know, past First Ladies had chosen and the things that we were making this year, you know, might be selected in the future by First Ladies for their White House vision. So I thought that was a really cool process and something that I had not thought about before. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving was our first official day in the White House, and we unpacked, I believe it was five um, moving trucks filled with boxes and all of our decor items. So we um, unpack those and set those up in the rooms that they would be going in. And then we started the decorating process. We did not do anything on Thanksgiving decorating-wise. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday were our kind of, you know, really busy, you know, Santa's workshop days where everything came together, the vision came to life. And so it was just amazing to get to, um, you know, transform the people's house with, you know, American people from literally all over the country. So, Valerie, you actually got to spend Thanksgiving then in Washington. Did they give you guys Thanksgiving dinner? Were you able to sort of enjoy the city that day? What did I mean, that's a unique Thanksgiving experience. It was. I had actually never been to D.C. before, and so I spent the day sightseeing any chance I got. I walked down to the National Mall. I went over to Washington National Cathedral spent some time driving through Georgetown, so I tried to soak up as much in as I could. I started out in Arlington National Cemetery, came across and did the Lincoln Memorial, and I found my dad's cousin's name on the Vietnam Wall. I went to the Air and Space Museum, went to the American History Museum, and I ended up eating dinner at Old Epic Grill. You burn more calories on Thanksgiving than most Mississippians, Valerie. <laughs> yes, I think it was about 12 miles in all. <laughs> but it sounds like you made the most of your experience there. Now, you mentioned the First Lady, and usually the First Lady is the one who gets to choose the theme for Christmas decorations. That's even the same at the Governor's Mansion. First Lady um, Ellie Reeves this year really focused in on individual cities here in Mississippi and communities for ornaments to be represented. So what was sort of the theme there at the White House this year? The theme this year was We the People, and it was about how, um, you know, the American country is made up of people from, you know, all over the world that have come to America 
And, you know, we are all are united in ways that we don't even realize. And so each room had, like, a unique element to that theme. Like, one of the rooms that I was helping in was the China Room, and it was about the family traditions and recipes that have been passed down from generation to generation. And so one of the fun elements of that room is all of the volunteers were able to bring in at least one family recipe, and we made those into garlands, and were able to display those on the mail on the mail piece and on the three different trees in that room. So it's just a fun element that you know we all got to be involved in, and uh, my team was responsible for creating the garland, and it was fun to look through the recipes because you could see that the different recipes were reflective of the geographical area where the volunteer was from because we also put our on the recipe card but so many of the recipes were you know so similar i did my grandmother's apple cranberry crunch and you know there were several other you know apple cranberry recipes it was just a fun way to get to see that you know we all are united you know even in just the food we eat you know we're more alike than we are different no matter what part of america you live in i agree with that and then you also got to bring a little mississippi into the decorations we're watching at supertalktv.com and rhino's got the beautiful photos that you shared with us and you can tell that mississippi's incorporated at least into one tree or two so how did that come about Yes, in the blue room, it was about um, unity and hope. And so each of the United States and the territories have their bird displayed on there. And so it was fun to get to um, find Mississippi's on there. I actually did have to look it up what it was. But it was able to get to fun. It was fun to be able to find that on the tree and see that. And then in the grand foyer, each um, state was on a little white flag. And it had the year that you jo- we joined the country. And so it was fun to get to see Mississippi. And there was one night that we got to stay late. And I ended up helping that team out because my team was finished for the day. And so we used a heat gun and were able to give, like, a little shape and dimension to the states. And the last state that I got to do that night um, was Mississippi. So I thought it was very fitting for that. Well, it sounds like you had a wonderful time. You represented us uh, well. The photos are gorgeous. How long will they? Well, how long will they leave these um, decorations up? I believe I know it's after Christmas. I believe it's December twenty seventh. Pretty might be a little later than that. Well, what a fun experience, Valerie. I'd really appreciate your time here on Good Things. Did you have a favorite room? I loved the China room. Well, you spent a lot of time there. Yes, it was a gingerbread house, and that's actually the White House ornament this year. It's a gingerbread house. Pat Nixon started that tradition. So it was just a fun room to get to be a part of. Well, it's fun to hear the behind the scenes. I really do appreciate your time, Valerie, and the photos. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well, Rebecca. All righty, you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Beat, positive, and stories that make you smile. 
This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. watch good things we are on your computer your mobile device you can watch us on roku amazon fire tv devices you can even find good things on ceasefire tv if you got it we are on channel 70 right there next to the weather channel which i think it's going to say rain coming in for many of us over the next couple of days but no raining on your christmas parade especially if you've got your beautiful uh, um, decorations already up which i know so many do i actually heard where it was last weekend the first weekend of december my days are my weekends are getting mixed up. Is the most popular weekend of the whole year to actually put up Christmas decorations, even though it feels like some start as early as November 1st, and then some wait, still wait, until closer till actual Christmas or Christmas Eve, and then they leave them up sort of longer after that. I think it really is sort of just about family tradition. There's no right or sort of wrong way of of doing it. Obviously, the, oh, you're not allowed to call them artificial trees anymore. Mm, I can't remember the right right term for it, so forgive me Ooh, if I offended your tree. But I know <laughs> it's faux pas now to call them artificial there isn't a there's a proper way if you know 601-879-4395 i got my hand slapped so they'd get mad if i called them trees in boxes <laughs> the tree would be highly 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 offended <laughs> uh, I, I think that there is a more uh, proper term for them um, because they're all christmas trees and i think you have a live and they don't like fake either because that that is the assumption that it's not a real Christmas tree. So I know there's a live tree, and then there's another word for it. One of you know it. You can let us know, or you can Google it. I don't think it's artificial. I don't think you're allowed to use that. And I know you're not allowed to use allowed, as if there's the Christmas tree police that are coming coming through. But you know what? I w- it wouldn't surprise me if somebody busted through the door. Shame on you. Or if I get a nasty um, email for it. But I'll figure out the appropriate term. We call them artificial trees um, in our home. It gives you the opportunity to put your decorations up earlier and last. <laughs> Impersonating tree, Herschel said. I don't think that's it either. There's a real, once you hear it, you go, oh, it's just kind of like um, a kinder way of saying artificial. I'll find it. I'll share with you. What I did love, though, about uh, Valerie's um, story. Is it manufactured? No, that'd be even worse. Manufactured is a terrible word. (laughs) It's right up there with fake. Um, I get it. You have a fake Christmas tree. Technically, it's not fake. Um, Artificial. Long, I don't know. I'm racking my brain, but I'll have to. I I will do my homework and make sure I I, um, complete that thought for you guys here on good things but i loved valerie was talking about how they did have the tree with all the recipes so if you missed that you can catch it back on youtube later on super talks youtube page but all the volunteers from so you've at least got 50 that come and help to decorate the white house they all bring a recipe and they tie it together and i thought man i would rack my brain over which recipe to take i mean if you only got one recipe to share you know, with the White House or with whatever Christmas related, like what is that gold standard recipe that would signify Christmas for your family? 
You know, we're now we're not talking about like the best. You're probably not gonna do mac and cheese. You may, I don't know, but this is one you where a it's, really good mac and cheese. You got a really good mac and cheese. Um, if you you guys are really trying to substitute folks, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. Work tree, woke tree, it may be woke tree. I don't know. <laughs> Sustainable, I don't know. Um, but it it would wouldn't necessarily be the most tasty i think it's now the most memorable right she used his, she used her grandmother's apple crisp recipe apple cherry crisp a, a, apple cherry crisp recipe i automatically feel like i know what you would use from your family it would be your mom's chestnut pie chocolate chest pie chocolate chest pie why well, always want to put the nut in there i don't know i don't know <laughs> you always call it chestnut i always call it chestnut uh because i guess it's the song and it just feels like it it sort of fits but i would be perplexed at what to at what to give you know we have in our family that only comes around christmas time is we call them nuts and bolts, but they're just a, ver- a version of Chex Mix that you snowman food, or, trash. Yeah. There's right. a million names for it. And but ours is not ours is savory. It's not sweet at all. But it's just your standard pretzels, Chex, Cheerios, uh, peanuts, Worcestershire sauce, all the spices and things. And my grandmother created the recipe. I think she got it off the box of either the Chex or something like that, and then she made it her own. Oh yeah. And it's one of the only recipes that we still have. Like her writing on, like we have, she had written it out in sort of the way it is. And when she passed, my mom picked up the torch of creating nuts and bolts. But it's such a legend from our family that my mom has to make them, pack them up. She ships them to different parts of the country and world from our neighbors who moved on to my best friends in high school who wanted Granny's nuts and bolts. And so I feel like, you know, it wouldn't be a traditional recipe in terms of Christmas, but. I would have to put that one on, like, I would have to give that one. That is like a piece of our family to yours every every Christmas. I brought you some last year, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, I mean, it's not something, and it's rich, and it's not something you necessarily want all year. You kind of indulge on it. She starts after Thanksgiving. She ends after Christmas. That's your nuts and bolts season. And by the end of it, you're, you're kind of over them. But she's fine. And then you get your reboot for the rest of the year i would love to know what recipe of yours you would send to the white house 601-879-4395 or if you don't want to think that just what would represent your family for if you had one recipe that was your brand yeah if you wake up tonight in the middle of the night and there's a column of white light coming down from a ufo and an alien comes down in your backyard and says i have to have the one recipe that represents Christmas to you. Brian what says, recipe would you give to that little green alien? <laughs> oh, good sausage balls. You know, I mean, there is a difference. There is definitely a difference for sure. Good sausage balls. I think gumbo. A good gumbo recipe, I think, would be good as well. There's so many different ways that you could you could go with that. I love that idea though. I think you know, you know a way to keep people to keep your actual Christmas cards if you mail those out, that's that thing that you enjoy doing, which you need to get those in the mail by the way. Here's your friendly reminder. Um, put a recipe. I almost wanted to ask Valerie, "Oh, what is your granny's recipe?" Like share it. That's something people love to share. It's a great way to make me keep your Christmas card. <laughs> your face on my refrigerator long past Christmas is if there's something usable or tan- tangible 
own it, I would totally give a give a try. When I go places, it's usually the unique things that I think, um, yes, desserts for sure, but like sausage balls or cheese ball recipe. I was thinking the same thing, like a cheese ball or a pecan log or something like that. But you're like, wow, like you, you really nailed this. Um, what is your recipe? How you know? How did you Which do that's this? That's a dying art. You you really have to look hard, or at least I've had to look hard to find homemade cheese balls not the ones where you can just go to the the deli part of the grocery store and get one wrapped in plastic like where somebody took the time to put 14 different cheeses together and with a little bit of cream cheese and roll it with the yeah all that on the outside and the pecans you know why you don't see those as often anymore have you seen the price of pecans oh yeah <laughs> if someone gives you a cheese ball or it they does any you. dessert with pecan or even a pecan pie like you were elevated in there and, you know, where they put you on their list of priorities. So that was always one thing I looked forward to, not necessarily as like a Christmas meal, but that usually came out around Christmas as a snack for a, a night when we were staying up later than bedtime to finish a Christmas movie or something. That's when the cheese ball and crackers would come out with the little funky Christmas knife with Santa on the hilt of it. What was your favorite? Did, is that the only time as a grown man you'd eat wheat thins? <laughs> it really does feel like wheat thins were made for a cheese ball. And then they got that like health halo and people went crazy with them. But like Triscuits, wheat thins, I guess a Ritz cracker wouldn't be bad either. Or uh, what's, I mean, a Ritz cracker is a little edible plate. You can put anything on a Ritz. <laughs> yeah. And what's the, the, the rectangular one? The it's like a Ritz Townhouse cracker? Yes. But that's a brand. But... Yeah. Correct. It's like a Ritz, but not. Are those called buttercrackers? Butter, cr- yeah. Those are good with cheese balls. But really, the wheat thin, because it's a little sturdier, you can just get in there. Sometimes people, like me, also put vegetables around that, and they never get eaten, ever. <laughs> you can say, like... I'm more likely to use celery for a cheese ball, just because it's like a... A naturally formed scoop to get more cheese ball on it mm-hmm. than I ever am to try to put cheese ball on a piece of carrot. Like it, I feel like I'm just stabbing the cheese ball and it's not getting anything. Captain Wafer. There we go. That's the name of them. Captain's Wafers. Captain's Wafer. <laughs> Captain Wafer. <laughs> That's what you feel like after you eat a Melba toast. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> no. 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 Don't change your diet either. We got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. If you don't know what I'm talking about, 
It is now faux pas to call artificial trees fake because that does sound terrible. And now they're leaning away from artificial because that still sounds fake. And so they're both real, whether they're natural or not. So it's a natural tree, natural Christmas tree, or a permanent Christmas tree. So there, if you want to be woke this Christmas, (laughs) (laughs) please identify your trees in the appropriate terminology. But they're just Christmas trees. Yeah. So do you have a natural or a permanent? I I have a... Right. This year we got a cheap fake one. Yeah. (laughs) Because we were in transition. But no, it would definitely be a permanent artificial or whatever i can't keep them i wouldn't be able to keep them alive do y'all yeah, do you have a natural me. one we do not we have a permanent <laughs> i know it sounds weird you have to watch your words but i remember growing up we always had real trees or natural trees and um the just the effort my mom had to put in to keeping that yeah, thing alive could, no and way. all the needles that she was cleaning up every day. I'm like, when we got older, she's changed. Yeah. And so I kind of decided to go with that. With that. Well, I don't think there's a new word for movies other than yeah. just <laughs> film, cinema. Film, cinema. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a lot coming up this weekend, I think, or or over the last week. Yeah, there's a few this weekend. And then next week, it's really going to crank up because they're planning for people to be home for Christmas um, and spending some money, so um, it'll really crank up. But this weekend in the theaters, there's really only one big new release. There's lots of great movies to go see, uh, like Wakanda Forever is still there, and it's like on half of the screens at every theater. Because is it doing well? It is, and it's just blowing every new release out. I mean, nobody can compete. But this weekend, we've got Empire of Light, and this is what I would call an Oscar bait kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, is this the one connected to Mississippi? No, no. this okay. is not. This one is actually, um, it's rated R. It's definitely for the grown-ups, um, but it's Olivia Coleman who she's currently playing, or no, Last season, she was the queen on The Crown. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's where I knew her from. Yeah, yeah. And she's one of those actresses that um, all she has to do is show up on screen and she gets an Oscar nomination because... She's good. Everybody loves her. Um, And anyway, she stars in this one as... Um, a, a workaholic. She's actually a, a theater, movie theater manager. Uh, and she's just kind of a going through life existing. Um, you find out that she's had a little battle with depression and she's having an inappropriate relationship with a married manager of hers. And so she's just kind of, you know, going through life, going through the motions. Um, and a new hire comes along, and oh, this is set in the 80s, the early 80s, um, and it's a young black man who she connects with instantly, and so you see right off the bat, they have this connection, and they're going to going to be in an inappropriate relationship so whoever owns this movie theater has got a lot of hr things <laughs> yeah, to deal a with a lot of hr issues uh, <laughs> you know watching the trailer though i was really hoping it was going to be more of a like mentor mother yeah son kind and, of and that's what i thought too but um you know they both are attracted to each other for different reasons he kind of sees her as a broken person mm-hmm. and his mom who he loves very much as a single mother, and um, she taught. She's a nurse and taught him 
to always look out for the wounded. And so he's attracted to her because she's a wounded soul. And then she's attracted to him because he's so young and charismatic and fun to be around. But she quickly learns, you know, the the difficulties he has to go through every day because of his race and racism that exists. And then, of course, he sees her struggles. And, of co- I mean, you know, um, I won't spoil anything, but it's one of those movies where you just kind of dig into their lives for a little while and step right back out. You know, it's kind of one of those life goes on kind of movies. You well, you saw this one. Yeah. Okay. And it's definitely for the grown ups, you know, yeah. which kids wouldn't want to see so that, it anyway. Uh-huh. And but, that one's out this weekend. Yes, that one is in theaters this weekend. And then also in theaters just for one week, but it's also on Netflix. Um, that is the new um, animated version of Pinocchio. And, you know, we talked earlier this year, there was a Pinocchio that came out that was part live action and part animated. It had Tom Hanks in yeah, it, right? Yeah, Tom Hanks it's was the, Geppetto mm-hmm. in that one. This one is directed by Guillermo del Toro, who is another, you know, fantastic talented guy who gets a lot of oscar nominations he won for the shape of water a few years ago uh last year he had nightmare alley which got lots of love um and then it's actually co-directed by mark gustafson who this is his first day his first directing job uh for a feature film but this one is also on netflix so it's one that you could watch either way but it's the I recommend seeing it on the big screen if mm-hmm. you can because it is beautifully done. It's stop action um, animation, which I really like the way it looks. It, this story is a little bit truer to like the origin story of Pinocchio, and so it's a little bit darker. So one thing I would recommend if you've got younger kids that you're it's PG. If you've got younger kids that you're thinking about letting them see it, um, you might want to look at it first because it does have um, some violence, lots of war, lots of death, you know. And um, so, you know, just a little bit of well, darker of version. Disney movies just were a little darker back in the day. Like yeah, the original yeah. Thing. I mean, we know all of the characters' moms are dead. I mean, you know. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, so it, it's really good. It's you know the story of Pinocchio. We all know, but I've really enjoyed this one. Um, and the other thing is, you know, we always know Jiminy Cricket. And this one, he's actually just named Sebastian, which is weird uh, or different. Um, and he's voiced by Ewan McGregor, who is can do no wrong. Um, and the little guy that voices Pinocchio, his name is Gregory Mann, and he does such a great job. Um, but I think it's definitely worth checking out. And it always amazes me how when you have a movie subject uh come around it seems like they come in twos so we had two pinocchios this year we had two stories about emmett till you know so i I always find that interesting i guess when it gets the green light they kind of just yeah you know hop on it or or whatever i hope this pinocchio i enjoyed the live action one i thought tom hanks was wonderful but i felt like the story lacked a little i don't know yeah there was like it left you a little like yeah and to me this one goes a little deeper and like you see more 
of Geppetto's backstory with his son and everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. You got anything else for Yeah, us? there's one more, and this one is exclusive to Netflix. So, um, if you're wanting to stay in, this is a good weekend, um, but is um, the newest version of Matilda, uh, but it's Matilda the Musical, so this movie is based on the the, the stage musical, um, but, you know, we all know the story of Matilda. To me, she's kind of like the Annie, little orphan Annie, but she's got parents, um, and her grief and abuse comes from her school, but she's a brilliant child who reads a lot she's super smart and her parents discourage her from reading and tell her you need to go watch more tv you know polar opposite of any other parent but uh because she's so smart she starts school at a younger age than most and quickly comes into contact with not so nice characters she you know she's got one teacher um miss honey that inspires her and then she's got the headmistress played by emma thompson who is very mean and emma is very she's unrecognizable in this movie they've you know put a lot of weird makeup on her but she's really big you know the character in the book is really muscular and strong and so they make emma thompson look like that which is fun to watch so that's just on netflix yes just on netflix unless you live in england uh, not this weekend then, then it's in theaters <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what the next weekend will look like but this weekend i think i'm gonna keep my zip code here yeah uh, and then one other i forgot to mention we talked earlier this year about father stew it's being re-released oh, yeah, um and the interesting that. thing is um it is called father stew reborn and the original Father Stew was rated R. This one's PG thirteen. Oh. So they've cleaned it up just a little bit. Trying some of the language to, wasn't necessary. Yeah, the language was really bad in the first one. Um, but when I watched it, I thought, you know, it really shows the transformation he went through. Uh-huh. But yeah, so they edited it for this re-release. Real quick, you got it. You got it. Nix a debate. Die Hard Christmas movie. Yes. Oh, we will we will pause there. We'll bring that back next Friday. You gonna start it all back up there, Tanya? <laughs> all right, stick with us. We got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. watch good things for our computer or your mobile device just head on over to supertalktv.com or you can stream us live over at supertalk.fm all right talking about permanent tree that's what we call our artificial and fake trees now i got tickled mike from grand bay i have a permanent tree growing in my front yard i know and it's all the people like look, look seriously not sensitive to it just a topic of conversation 
carry it forward, call your tree, whatever whatever you want to. Um, absolutely do not care. But when Tanya was talking about growing up with real trees, one of the reasons people move to permanent artificial fake is because of like the cleaning up. I saw where there are uh, Christmas tree farms here in America. I think they're more what Midwest maybe or out anyway North Carolina They're really all over I think it's one of the Carolinas that does one of the that does Pines the majority <laughs> but they are they have a lab and so they're trying to figure out how to I guess genetically modify and create or bre- they would probably let's do a proper breeding for that right cross crossbreeding cross whatever where it sounds less Frankenstein but the perfect genes placing <laughs> the perfect Christmas tree where they don't like the little needles don't fall off they have the perfect smell they can withstand not being watered as much um it's fascinating creepy all at the same time but some people like to hate on the whole gmo gene splicing genetic modifying thing but i would point out one champion in the realm of gmos carrots i was going to say brussels sprouts because it wasn't until like maybe a decade decade and a half ago if you grew up Anytime before the 2000s, and you hated Brussels sprouts because they were bitter and gritty and everything like that, go buy some now and cook them and try them. It's almost a completely different plant because they use selective breeding and gene modifying and found Brussels sprouts that actually don't have that bitter aftertaste like they used to. Well, I don't think that there is a produce left on the planet particularly in your grocery store or probably even in your farmer's market that hadn't gone through some of that in some capacity that probably started with our forefathers when they first got here and they were smart enough to try to figure out how to breed for uh, pest control and sort of all the things. Yeah, bananas didn't look like the elongated banana that you're used to looking at. um, Orange and and pretty like Peter Rabbit makes them makes them look either. But um, but but you know what? People are concerned. You know, whatever. It's you do you and go after your own passions. But um, I think it's cool though. I mean, I think they're trying to make a resurgency of natural trees, um, particularly for the planet. I think it's the way they're looking at it more than um, than anything. When you have your permanent trees, they are permanent, and so they end up in the landfills and all things and all things and all things all that metal and plastic's got to go somewhere it's got to go somewhere where the fish really like your dying christmas natural <laughs> it feels like time you're gonna catch yourself saying the wrong thing and you're like whoops can't say that anymore <laughs> get you a little giggle there uh, for that well i can tell you someone who's got a lot of permanent nativity scenes probably more than you have i think it's one that most of us here in the south particularly um, in mississippi probably have because we know the reason for the season and i think that's important but i think one's good maybe two but i don't know if 2539 nativity scenes is necessary to drive home the message but this gentleman he displays his world record nativity scene collection at the Iowa Bank every year. It's the Hills Bank in Washington is currently hosting the display of the 2,500 different nativity scenes. His name's Michael, and he's been collecting them since 1950. They come from more than 100 different countries. It takes me about six weeks to set them all up at the bank and to get them all right. And then you wonder if he just 
takes his arm and puts them all back in a box. Probably not. Um, he's been working to get his collection certified as the world's largest for a little while now. The current record was set at 1,802 back in 2009, not the current, the one before his. And so he surpassed that. And so he is now, he got it. 2,500 of anything. I'd, although, I know she don't have that many, but sometimes I do feel like my mother-in-law is getting close to that with Santa's. Gerard's not far from that with nutcrackers. <laughs> and the only reason why I'm throwing him under the nutcracker <laughs> decorating bus is he posted a picture on Facebook of all his beautiful or some of his nutcrackers that uh, that they display every year. But some folks, you have that tradition, like either nutcrackers or Santas or nativity scenes or those type of things are just something you look for everywhere you travel and you kind of pick one up and bring it home. You just realize, though, if you start when you're young, even 30 or 40, and you live another 30 years, that's a lot of collecting that happens over that time. You wonder if he's done, though. I personally couldn't stop at 2,539. I would need at least one more. That'd be a good number. Good even number. All right, stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. You've got Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here on Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.